Hello and welcome to the Walk and Love podcast. I'm TJ. And I'm Brooke. And today we are going to talk about fear and shame. Oof. Every time I think you're going to miss it. Because you like, because you like, you know, weird. I, oh, I've never done that yeah, before. Yeah, that was, you do it every time. That was me fixing my. You do it every time. My, okay. You do it every time. <laughs> The Walk and Love Podcast is a weekly conversation between my beautiful wife, Brooke, and I <laughs> about emotions, rhythms, marriage, parenting, and faith. It's a place where we laugh and sometimes cry as we find language to live a full life. Why are your hands so cold? It's cold up here. Is it? Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, and today's sponsor is Brooke's Beauty Counter Business. Mm. Get ready to kickstart your new year with healthier habits. Join the hundreds of Brooke's Join the hundreds of Brooks Beauty Counter customers who have made the switch from conventional skincare and start feeling better about what you put on your body. With her calm, zero pressure approach, she will get you, she will be there with you every step of the way, guiding you, sending you samples, and helping you as much or as little as you needed. Make 2023 a fresh start by investing in clean beauty today. The link to uh, her shop or to request samples is in the show notes or send her a message on Instagram to at easy pretty clean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It's so well written. Thanks. I appreciate it. Yeah. All February, if you are ordering for the first time, you can get 30% off your order, which is, that's Black Friday level right there. Wow, 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 wow. Yeah. Some big wow, wow, wows. So if you've never ordered before, um, you'll get 30% off. Cool. That's, that's no joke when you're trying to make the switch to better things. So And that's a great way to support the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you want to do it that way, that'd be great. Yeah. It'd be great. It'd be great. Um, <laughs> I'm going to kick some things off with some strong feelings that I have. Oh, boy. I was at church on Sunday. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I actually have two different sets of strong feelings. Oh, about, are we doing both today? I don't know. I guess I'll do both. Okay. Might as well. Might as well. <laughs> okay. So the first set of strong feelings is missionaries. <laughs> I love missionaries. Yes. My dad's a missionary. We grew, we spent two years living in Germany. I've been on mission trips to Russia. Like I, I, I have, I love what missionaries do. They're some of the best people in the world. Mm-hmm. Like to basically just be like, all right, God, I'm going to go and live in the jungle or in a foreign land or far from all my family. Like it's just an incredible thing. So like this is not a slight on About a, mis- missionary a missionary specifically. specifically. No. Correct. Love them dearly. Very connected to one specifically and my mm. father. I've met him. Yeah. He doesn't chew gum. Can't trust him, but <laughs> I've met him. Yes. Keep going. Um, and so there's, there comes a point in time where a missionary gets to share about their mission on stage at church. Mm-hmm. And I, what I picture, have you ever seen Tommy boy? Mm. What I picture is the if scene have, in Tommy boy where it. he's talking to the waitress and he's like, I get so excited. And then I crush my little, he crushes the, the bread loaf uh-huh. down. And I feel like that's what happens in a missionary's brain when they get to speak at church. They finally it's get like asked to speak. They are so excited to share their message and all the things that they do, which again, are incredible. Yes. But <laughs> they try to share every <laughs> single thing and tell every single story, usually with pictures and like videos. And it's just, it's too much. Like so, my strong feelings are too much, and it's not it's not well connected. It's not very well connected. They're not 
this is not their thing. They're not. They're not, they're not giving speak speeches. They're missionaries. Every, yeah. And so, if you are a missionary and you're listening to this, one, thank you. Love you. Two, if you ever get to speak at your church's stage, yeah, just come up with a clear, concise message <laughs> with maybe just one story. Yes. And so, like, yeah, to we hit had this home. guy, and he just he just kept like it was just like he's jumping around and he's playing songs and he was doing this and he was doing that and it was just like. What is happening? <laughs> kind of. So I can see Abby. So I just, it was just me at church. June was in Sunday school. Brooke stayed home with Sonny and Daisy. And so I can see Abby use our babysitter. I'm texting her the whole time. <laughs> like at one point he had audio playing. He was playing like eight, six, seven, five, three, oh, no. And then like, it was just, it was a lot. And I was just like, man, again, what he was doing was incredible. Right. But I feel like, that's my strong feeling. I feel like when you're given the stage, Come, and, and this is my problem too. Like I want to tell people about all the things all the time. And yeah. I really have to like say, okay, what is the point of like this Instagram cap- caption or this email yeah. or this story like or this podcast? Like what is the point of it? And I have to really like narrow it down to yeah. that point. And so yeah. I feel like a lot of times with missionary speakers specifically, they have too many points and too many stories and too, too many, many slides photos. and too many videos. <laughs> Most and, of which are in a different language. And so by the like, end, you're just like, what is happening? So yeah, it's not really a strong feeling. It's more just like. No, just, it is. Yeah. Your strong feeling is that it's it's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> and then and then here, I'm going to piggyback my next strong feeling. And okay. despite all of that, the long, you know, the long windedness of the message. This is actually a stronger feeling. I've had this, like the missionaries is just like, there's part of it that's super endearing to me. So like, yeah. it doesn't really, like it doesn't even bother me. It's, it's just, just like, I've just noticed, but yeah. it's like so endearing and sweet. And again, missionaries are just like such incredible human beings. Um, And so, so, so that one was just like, okay, like, you know, but it also, it just, for them, I feel like you're like, you really have a great opportunity to like tell this very powerful thing that you're doing. Yeah. And you're just like, it's like you're just shoving it all in. Yeah. Anyways. So he gets up, he speaks, you know, it, it is what it is. There's oh, a lot going on. I know on. what your second strong feeling is. And then my second strong feeling is. These are true. These strong are things. true strong feelings. And then <coughs> a pastor gets up and all he has to do is, thanks for coming. You're dismissed. If you need prayer, the prayer team's up front. That's all he's got to say. Yeah. Or a version of that. Yeah. Version of that. Maybe like, hey, you know, they were they were raising money for something for youth in the courtyard. Okay. You could buy lunch for, to help raise money for the youth doing something. Yeah. So let me just do that. Hey, the youth are selling something for lunch to raise money for this thing. Thanks for coming. We'll see you next week. If you need prayer, prayer team's up front. Have a great day. Yeah. That, no, how long Aloha. did that take me? Six seconds? Yeah. He... This is a strong feeling when a pat when someone who <laughs> my when strong, a pastor is supposed to deliver the closeout, my which strong is literally feeling, just to see you later. My strong feeling is that when someone all they have to do is dismiss the church attendees mm-hmm. and they give a second sermon, mm-hmm. I cannot stand it because mm-hmm. it's just like I already sat through a sermon. We and and if and if the sermon could have been delivered in. Two and a half minutes. Why did I sit here for thirty? Right, like solid point. If you if you could have Choose made it that snappy, mm-hmm. we could all been out of here twenty five minutes ago. Buying lunch for you. <laughs> Buying lunch for, for you. Just chatting in the courtyard. And so yeah, it's just like, and that happens everywhere. This yeah. like yeah. second sermon, like recap, but it's not a recap of something from six weeks ago. It's a recap <laughs> from what we all literally, literally just, just sat through. And as someone who works in kids men. 
it is my nightmare. Because <laughs> they Cause, are Because the four-year-olds at that point are, they're done. <laughs> yeah. They want mom. They're done. Yeah. And so you mm-hmm. are just, yeah. And I can see the timer because they have got the timer that counts down. Yeah. And it's in the positive. You've run out of time. Yep. But you're still giving the second sermon, mm-hmm. which is the same as the first one. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, those are my spicy feelings. Okay. <clears throat> my strong feelings are that I love the second sermon. Oh, no, okay. I'm, I'm just kidding. <laughs> You're just here for it. <laughs> I'm just, that's all I go for. I, just I show come up right 28 minutes end. late. I get the recap and I'm out. And I'm out. <laughs> it's perfect for me. No, I remember I when I used to try to skip out on church there was a little note card at the church we went to growing up. Yeah. Like taped by a light switch that just gave the order of events in church. Okay. I kind of remember that. And it was that. like, you know, opening worship songs. Yeah. And then it would give the title of the sermon. So I would just try to skip out, read that title. So if my parents ever asked me what it was about, I'd be like, oh, it was about, you know, David and Goliath. Yeah. Obviously, were uh, you not there? <laughs> and then... Mm. But it, as a street youth, it would have been smarter for me to skip out. Come back for come the second back sermon for some, at the end. second sermon, get the recap. Yeah. Sayonara. Sayonara. Oh, man. So those are my feelings, and they're strong. Mm. Strong feelings. <clears throat> How was your week, Brooke? <laughs> my week, I just, it, they, they're they burning within me right now, though, because I, I agree with those strong feelings. Yeah. Of just like, how? why are we still here? <laughs> why are we here? No, I'm just kidding. Um, my week was... You weren't there, actually. I actually wasn't there. Was I pray, there? Could pray for Brooke <laughs> and her pagan ways. Thank you. Um, prayers accepted and donations. That's fine. Um, Leave no. a tip. This is just going to ask you a quick question. It's just going to ask you a few, a few quick things. Would you like to tip Brooke <laughs> for not going to church? Um, no. My week was Should good. Should we try to add that to the podcast? Just a, a little... It turns around right before you hit play. We just have a few questions <laughs> Just a few questions. You. 15%, 20%, 100. Yeah, it just gets higher. Thousand percent. Everything. Empty your bank account. Oh, um, I'm gonna click that one. Other. Other. It's, and then no thanks is like. Yeah. No, it's like when you can't find the X on the pop up. <laughs> yeah. That's and you're like, is it coming? Is it gonna show up later? Is it a delayed X? <laughs> Can I just not see it? I don't. Yeah. Uh, my week was good. I feel like. January um, is over. Mind-blowing. So let's do the Mount Rushmore in January on the spot. Oh, goodness. Okay. Um, not being on my phone. Nice. Like not being on social media for two weeks. Um, planning out the... Rith- the it's, it's work and life. It's more work, actually. Like Here's a the, question. As you do your Mount Rushmore, should I go... The whole time, like you're chiseling it into stone. I think that would add a lot of sound production value and not be annoying at all. Ding 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 ding. Um, adding the work rhythm to our actual calendar. Yep. Like time blocking in colors, and everybody's got their thing. Um, not that we follow it exactly, but it's there to fall back on, which is huge. Um, we do a pretty good job of following. Sunny's birthday, which has been so great. She's just she's so funny, and then um, the girls learning to ride bikes. Yeah, I'd say those are my four. Wow, those birds were really loud and really close to that window. <laughs> I thought it was open. That's how loud they were. Um, yeah, I would say mine are the same four. I know. I nailed it. Yeah, you did. You're like, ding, 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 ding. I just 
chunk took a big i just went for um it. yeah i think like yeah it's just been a good month what's crazy to me is like it is like i was telling this to brooke last night because i was on a trip my grandparents celebrated their 70th wedding anniversary yes you heard that right seven, seven zero zero which they got married when they were 19 they're about to turn 90 it's just wild it's just wild that's so much time <laughs> so much time together um and it's amazing that they've you know weathered the storms and they're still together mm-hmm. um and uh so i got home last night i got home yesterday from san diego brooke and i were chit-chatting about just what was going on chit-chat I, chit-chat just, yeah just a little chit-chat and i was like it's crazy that the year is one eleventh of the way through like there's 12 months or one twelfth of the way through i'm sorry we have 11 months ago. Said that very confusingly. Mm-hmm. We're one twelfth of the way through. <laughs> and we have 11 months to go. Yes. And it's like when you think about like, oh, 2024 is a long ways away. Right. There's an element of that that's true. Like when you think about days or hour, like, you know, weeks or whatever. But like when you just yeah. think about months. We have like, 11 more. That's not very many. No. And so Mm-mm. I was both encouraged by that, that like, okay, we... January, we set out with some specific goals that weren't so much like a lot of our goals are business related, but ours were more just like rhythm related, Mm -hmm. very much so of just like, okay, we want a different outcome. We're talking about this last week. We want a different outcome for the year. We have to do different things. We have to have different conversations. We have to move in a new direction. And so to to look back at January and say, did we do that? I can say yes. And so that was like super encouraging. But then there's also a part of it that's like, okay, we still have to do that. (laughs) <laughs> for 11 more months. Yeah. And like in, in the time span of 11 months, a lot can happen. Things can come up, things can go wrong, things yeah. can go right. And so, yeah, I'm just like, it's just both encouraging and also sort of like, okay, we can't let up. You know, most people like if they make New Year's resolutions, they've already given up on, up on them by now. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I can see how that becomes easier and easier because you're like, oh, like, yeah, that was the new year. And like, now we're like just in the year and like, you can kind of come sort of yeah. kind of have that mentality. And so I I just felt like af- after talking with you last night, I was like, whoa, 11 to go. Mm-hmm. And then we're in 2024 and like, and it starts over and it starts over and yeah. we're just one day closer to death. <laughs> and so, <laughs> um, but yeah, I was just like, okay, like it, to me, it feels like because my, um, my word of the year is activate. It feels to me like there must be something inside of me when like we get completed with something like mm-hmm. a month mm-hmm. that I want to take my foot off the gas pedal. Like yes. there's just something in me that feels yeah. like, okay, now it's time to like, yeah, we did that really well and now I need a break. And it's like, that's just not true. I get my breaks on Sunday or sa- Saturday for our Sabbath. And so like, it's just, I just need to like retrain myself that like, the end of the month or like the end of the week or or the end of like a quarter or whatever doesn't mean that like you're that, done yeah it's done. You're done yeah yeah it's just like it's still i still gotta pursue the things that we set out to do because we gave ourselves a whole year to do those things mm-hmm. not just a month and mm-hmm. so we've had some success in the month we've done some things well we've done some things poorly but it's like now we just have to keep going mm-hmm. and then hopefully do them all well or yeah. do more things well and less things poorly and all that kind of stuff so yeah. It's just crazy to me that January is already over. Like yeah. that feels insane. Mm-hmm. That in 11 months on December 15th, like that plug. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
uh, in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, you will all be at the Christmas extravaganza live. <laughs> all of you. Every, Every single, single one, of one of you because we've already booked the venue. And there's no going back. <laughs> no pressure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, my week was good. Like you took your trip. And so I was just home with the girls for a couple of days. And that's always like easy in some ways and hard in others. Right. It's like, oh, easy in some ways of like mostly like expectations. Like I don't expect myself to do as many things or get as much done or do as much work because I'm just here with the yeah. three girls. And so in that sense, it's easier. Um, and then in other ways, it's way harder because you're not here yeah. to be here. <laughs> it's interesting to me that like, you know, I, w- I went to San Diego. I left on Monday in the afternoon, mm-hmm. got in like Monday at like 11 o'clock San Diego time. It's, you know, Tuesday, I did a little bit of work. We went to the party and then mm-hmm. I left Wednesday morning, was yeah. back here on Maui Wednesday on afternoon. Wednesday afternoon. And uh, it's funny, like it's a five hour flight to there and it's a six hour flight back. Mm hmm. And the whole time, and this is where your perspective just changes depending on where you live. Like if I left Pennsylvania and had a five-hour flight, I could literally go anywhere in the country. Pretty much, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like there's no flight that's over five hours. I go to all the way to Los Angeles. I could maybe, no, I think I could go anywhere. I think you could. And from so total East Coast to West Coast. And, and that would be a long trip. Oh, you're going all the way to California just for a day. And like when you live on Maui, mm-hmm. your perspective changes. Like, yeah, just a quick flight to San Diego and back. Like. That's, I got super, this. that's super easy, you know? Yeah. And, and <laughs> it's so, the same amount of time. <laughs> yeah, which is just crazy. And so my sister's pulling up to pick me up from the airport and all I have is a backpack. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, she's got five kids. And so I just like, <laughs> she like doesn't even really come to a complete stop and I'm already in the car. <laughs> and she's like, you just have a backpack? <laughs> I cannot remember if I've ever traveled yeah. with just a, what's it like? I know. <laughs> she's like, I think if I was going, yeah, if I was going somewhere alone for a short period of time, I could probably make a very large backpack work. Yeah. I've also decided that like, I'm not, I'm not a travel exerciser. Mm. So like, I've already decided once that like, no matter, unless it's a long trip, like over two weeks, um, I am not going to bring like any sort of workout shoes or workout stuff. And that really allows me to like condense what yeah. I travel. Mm-hmm. Weird thing though, I do travel two pairs of headphones. <laughs> I <laughs> hey. got the in-ears and I got hey. the over-the-ears because hey. sometimes after a while they start to hurt. Oh, that's why I don't wear them in the first place. Yeah. I think they hurt too much. Um, so yeah, my trip was good. Uh, you know, I, I know it meant a lot to my mom for me to be there. It mm-hmm. meant a lot to my grandparents. My grandpa got super emotional. Um, I hadn't seen him in a few years, um, which so it was nice to see him. But it was also like kind of a little bit of like, Will this be the last time I see them? Like they're yeah. both going to turn 90 this year. Yeah, you don't know. Um, you know, which is like, that's well past the average age, average lifespan. Mm-hmm. And so it was just like, so when I said goodbye, I was like, like kinda, you, you yeah, were thinking I was about like, it. man, this might be it. Yeah. You know, and that's like, what an intense thing to think about that mm-hmm. you're just like, but it was real sweet. Just, you know, an incredible achievement. Um, yeah, it's just super fun. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, now you're crying. Well, I'm not. I'm. I'm teary eyed because it's like you could, in some ways, you could think that, like, you don't want to be like at the. We're going to talk about it, fear and anxiety. But like, you don't want to think that all the time right. when you leave anybody. Like, yeah. is this the last time I'm going to see you? Yeah, that's like real a real stressful way to live. Yeah. Um. But, but there does come you a point do reach a point where life. like that sort of lingering there yeah. 
um, either by age or by sickness or like whatever it is. And like that, that's just, it's just such a crazy, I would say it's a crazy part of life. That it's not the right description for it. It's, it's a very real part of life. Yes. And so, yeah. And it's like, you know, my parents aren't, our parents aren't at that age. Right. But our grand, my grandparents certainly are. Like, they're the only grandparents I have left. Mm-hmm. And so, um, hmm. yeah, it was just like, oh, wow. So I yeah. gave him a big hug. And, it was, you know, I, first it was a surprise party. So there was a part of me that was like, <laughs> are they okay? Like, yeah, <laughs> are I they know. ready for this? That's but, a lot to surprise somebody with. <laughs> but it was like kind of like a, you know, it took him a little while to get through the door and realize who was there and stuff like that. Yeah. But yeah. Um, but yeah, it was just like that made me emotional and it was just crazy. Like it's very cool for the perspective, you know, we've been married 13 years. Mm-hmm. So we would need to spend 57 more years married mm-hmm. and alive mm-hmm. um, to it's get a good there. Combo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> married Mar- and alive. Should we put that in our Instagram bio? <laughs> Morgan TJ, <laughs> podcast host, married and alive. Um, we did just go over 800,000 downloads on the podcast. So nice. thank you for that. Leave a review. Um, all right. Fear and shame. Yowzas. The first, did you notice anything off the bat? Or only did because you, you've already only, pointed it out to so me. The first, Maybe I would have noticed it if you hadn't said anything. So the first thing I noticed about these two chapters is fear is the longest chapter in the book. Yes. Um which I find very fascinating, especially from a standpoint of like, I know what phrases we sell a lot of and do not worry, do not fear. Mm -hmm. Those are very high up there. So Mm -hmm. there's obviously something like naturally within us that is susceptible to fear or that experiences fear on a very real daily level. And so it was interesting to read about fear in a positive way because it's definitely not talked about or spoken about in that positive way in no, culture. Even to myself, yeah. I don't speak about it So, like that. What's what's so great about this book, and, and I hope you guys are reading along, and even if you're not reading along, like buy the book, read it on your own, have it as just like a, it's, it's, it's both a great book to read, but also then it's like a great resource to go back to, to like mm-hmm. understand how you are feeling, what, what you're feeling in your heart. And so like, yeah. you know, if, I, if I'm afraid of something and, I, and I'm, if that fear, you know, he talks about like fear turning into like anxiety and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, uh, this is just like a good reference point to be like, I'm afraid. Let me go see what this fear is trying to teach me or show me or bring life to. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to focus in on that rather than just like going down the rabbit hole of Googling bridges. <laughs> to, to live under. To live under. <laughs> yep. <laughs> So he starts it off by saying, fear brings us strength. It -hmm. is the feeling that allows us to experience risk, trust, dependency, collaboration, and ultimately wisdom because it helps us realize our need for help. And so Mm. um, I think like just, just in that sentence alone, it's sort of flipping the idea of fear on its head from what we normally refer to fear as. Yeah. Um, because like even a few seconds later, he said, for many of us, fear equals weakness. Yeah. And I would say that's true. I would say especially in men, that's especially true. Yes. Like, do, like you know, don't be afraid. Man Just up. do it. Man up. You know, yeah. there's all those sorts of phrases. And, and I think that there's a place for that type of stuff. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I definitely, I think bravery and courage are great qualities to have. 
but they are on, they only exist because fear exists. Yes. I can't be brave or courageous because if, if I'm not, not if I'm not afraid of something. Yeah. And so there is like this really kind of encouraging element throughout these chap this chapter that like fear is what makes us realize that we need others. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's so true. Like I not that I, like I got married because I was afraid of life alone, mm-hmm. but like I'm sure somewhere deep down there was an element of that to be true. And yeah. it was like, I knew that I needed you to have a better life mm-hmm. and to like enjoy life more or to achieve some of the things I wanted to achieve, like being a dad and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And so there is this really kind of incredible element of fear that allows us to step into, again, you know, walk up from the path well-traveled through the thickets and yeah. walk on the path of full life. Hmm. So like, especially cause like, you know, in the eight feelings, you know, what we keep going back to is like his, his uh, sentence here is like hurt leads to healing. Loneliness moves us to intimacy. Sadness expresses value and honor. Anger hungers for life. Fear awakens us to danger and begins wisdom. Mm. And so if we're afraid of like, let, like, you know, for me, I think the thing that I'm most fearful of is failure. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm afraid that my business will fail or that I'll fail as a husband or a dad or that like, I'll just not be, I'll just be a failure. That's a, it's a huge fear of mine. And so what has that led to? Specifically in mm-hmm. the business realm. I have been afraid of my business failing many, many times throughout it. And what that has led to is like education, decision-making research, uh, you know, like looking at the past to try to determine the future, like totally recalibrating our whole business model, starting new businesses, trying to diversify, like, and so that fear of failure could have just like rooted itself inside of me and let, let it just totally destroy me. I could have just given up and essentially stepped into that fear to be a failure. Right. Or, what I've allowed it to do. And, and again, not perfectly. And I'm not like, you know, well, some, uh, yeah, I think that's what I'd say is that like uh, when we first started our, we'll, we'll use business as, yeah. as the example, like business journeys, like we were fearful, but we didn't know how to move through it towards action. Like, I think there were times that we did and it was just sort of like a, it's just a natural thing. Like it's saying to propel you through, but then there was, it, it's similar to like, I can equate it to, when we feel now the Lord ask us to do something, how quickly we move, yeah. how quickly we're like, yep, heard that. Yep. And I'm going to move because I don't want to sit in this in between. It's yeah. not a great place to be. And so I feel like with fear, we've come on a similar journey where we don't swirl around and it is long Googling and being upset and judging and you know, all yeah. these things that it's just like, okay, I feel that. And now I'm, we're going to go find a solution yeah. and we kind of move out of it. And it's almost like I'm a, f- I'm a f- <laughs> I have fear of that happening in the future. And so instead of like band-aiding it now, mm. what can I do to build this solid foundation that that's less likely to happen? My business yeah. is less likely to fail five years from now because right. of what we're doing now today in terms of the foundation that we're building. And so yeah. I think there's a lot of times, especially when we're young and like, you know, even in marriage where you're just like, I don't want this to like not work. Mm-hmm. We like get all panicky and like yes. try to hash it out in, in, in fear rather than using that fear to allow us to like build deep wells of wisdom. Yes. And so I think what, you know, what this chapter said and, and kind of encouraged me that like, 
fear is this great like activator mm-hmm. to build solid foundations in the areas of your life where fear naturally occurs. Yeah. And so, so like, so, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and so like, uh, still on this first page, he says, fear can motivate you to reach out for help, risk your heart with your need and trust others for assistance. And so like, mm. not only does it allow you to, um, build these deep wells or these deep foundations, it, 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 it propels you into community. Yeah. Like, my business doesn't exist without people helping, without mm-hmm. customers, without friends, without family. And so I, I just found it so encouraging to be like, yeah, when I'm afraid, I often want to isolate. Yes. And that's actually the the worst thing I could do for my fear. Yes. You know, asking for help, finding those people like mentors, leaders, uh, you know, reading, all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. will actually dissipate my fear. But internally, all I want to do is isolate. All I want to do is like hide and control. I think control like is a let huge it just kind of swirl around. Like. Yeah. Um, and, and so there's this like I, I I honestly have so much highlighted in this thing, <laughs> and I don't want to just end up reading. Yeah. All of it, but I will. Um, <laughs> so strap in, people. Here uh, we go. <laughs> and so uh, he says, acknowledging our fear offers new relational experience experiences and initiates the beginning of wisdom. Wisdom is essential to full life and it begins by listening to fear. Wisdom develops from a keen understanding of human nature coupled with a deeply experienced awareness of spiritual truth. That was what Jesus meant when he called us to be both innocent as doves and cunning as serpents. If we have only a keen understanding of human nature, then all we have is common sense, the street smarts that help us survive by manipulation this savvy makes all relationships about quid pro quo rather than about true intimacy. If we only have a deep awareness of spiritual truth, then we will not have the sense to know the difference between an animal that is wounded or one that is rabid. The naive makes us foolish and a danger to ourselves and to others. But join the two is but to join the two is to choose to live from the heart and face new experiences with discernment and passion rather than cynicism and sentimentality. Mm, yeah. So like, I just love that sort of visual picture of like, it, we can, we need them both. We, mm-hmm. Because like, again, just like we've all been hurt and, and we've all been hurt by an animal that is rabid who we thought was wounded. Like yeah. that happens to all of us. Yeah. And so- to, Literal animals, or are you talking about people? Just people, you know, okay. emotional. I was like, I don't think that's happened to all of us. Emotional hurt. Like, <laughs> no, you, I know, know, I was you know what I mean? And so- I, I just love that like, you know, we we need fear because it leads to wisdom yeah. and wisdom leads to spiritual truth and we need both of those yeah. to cultivate a life of heart living and full yeah. living. Yeah, and I love how in every chapter he, he compares like two words that are often used surrounding whatever chapter you're reading. And so in the fear chapter, he has judgment and the definition of that and then he has it up against discernment. And he often chooses two words that are like, I think often misunderstood and interchangeable when really they're not interchangeable at all. And so a lot of what I highlighted in the fear chapter has to do with like judgment, which would be like um, sort of an impaired version of fear. Like instead of being like, I'm fearful of this and I'm going to, I'm going to seek wisdom and discernment truthfully. Instead, I think it's very easy to judge and control because that, feels easier or whatever than actually admitting how needy we are Mm -hmm. in our fear. 
Um, so something I had highlighted, um, kind of back to your thing of failure a little bit is like fear makes us face ourselves and reveals our neediness in facing ourselves. We come to terms with how deeply limited we are and how prone we are to attack others as a way to get control over our own limitations instead of letting our limitations lead us to help. However, in admitting our situations, we have the opportunity to grow beyond them. Um, and so when I think about moments that I've been like very fearful, like stuck in it, anxiety, fearful. Um, do any, do you have any examples of that that like come to your, uh, the top no, your- I just know that I have, Yeah. like I know that I have, um, and it's getting easier and easier to recognize that that's what I'm in mm-hmm. so that I can like name where I'm at and climb out of it instead of just being like, I don't know why I feel this way. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's not fun, at least for me, to admit that I'm super needy and that I was made that way. Like like, <laughs> right. like that that's actually how God made us yeah. and not just like I'm needy because of my default, right. but actually because literally because of my default, the way I was made, yeah. like that like neediness and dependence is okay. That's hard. For somebody like me, and so when I, I think that's hard for anyone. I think it is, but I'll speak to like, myself for myself. You know, like, go do all the things and be all the things, right? Um, and so it end it ends up like jumping to the next thing I highlighted, which is that then when I'm in that and I'm feeling that and I'm feeling very uncomfortable with how needy I feel, I then try to get really controlling internally, externally, like in any situation. Um, I wonder if anyone could relate to that. I wonder. I don't know. <laughs> Um, what's funny is I would say you do too. It just looks oh, different. a thousand percent. I think like everybody in just, fear, the areas that we grasp for control are a little bit different than one another, but that's what it is. So here, here he says too many of us in our woundedness equate vulnerability with losing control or failure. The reality is that choosing to surrender control and become exposed as someone in need creates opportunity for change, growth, and fulfillment. The threat of failure is the voice of unhealthy, impaired fear. Mm. That's like mega highlighted. The threat of failure (laughs) is the voice of unhealthy, impaired fear. In its impaired state, fear says that we'll be found out as we really are. Creatures of need who believe our needs won't be met or that neediness equals rejection. So I always love the question of like, what does that look like? And sometimes I think, you know, okay, so what, what does fear look like in my life? What does it look mm-hmm. like? And to me, it's that unhealthy version of fear, not the one that's going to like propel me towards wisdom and mm-hmm. people and all the good things, but it looks like control and it looks like um, this like looming out of proportion failure. Yeah. Of what? I don't know. I couldn't even name the specificness right. of the failure. It's just there. <laughs> like it's Googling bridges. It's like, you know, <laughs> right. What like the, the, it's so out there, but it, for some reason it feels real. Mm-hmm. It feels super real. And I think something that's super been super helpful to me, you know, like all things we do is like the, you know, when, when I'm dealing with bad, unhealthy fear, it's helpful for me to picture my children mm. who experience such a raw, mm-hmm. real, unhealthy fear so quickly. Right. Like there's a fly in the car <laughs> when we're driving. Okay, so fight or flight. That's real. That's a real that, fear for that's them. So, it's so real. Visceral. Yes. Visceral. They cannot control it. They're screaming. They're yelling. They, they think, 
I don't know that this fly is going to grow. I don't know. It's really going to harm them, I guess. Yeah. And they're (laughs) like, they're chaotic. Yeah. You know, to the point where it's almost laughable. It is a little comical, but. Uh, And and so it's like, how often in my life do I look like that? Yes. (laughs) Trapped in a car with a fly. (laughs) Yeah. Trapped in the car of life. How often is God driving in the front seat? (laughs) Jesus, take the wheel. Yeah. And I'm sitting in the back in my booster seat screaming because there's a moth in the car <laughs> and he's just like you're gonna be okay yeah like yeah do you trust me like and and like and so a question i've been asking my kids i mean you've heard me ask this question yeah you know depending on who we're talking to or who the, who's talking to them i'll say do you think dad wants to harm you or hurt you mm-hmm. or harm you or help you that's yeah. what i say i want to hurt you or help you or harm you or help you yeah and they always answer well you want to help me yeah. You know, even in their most like chaotic fear. And it's almost a question to sort of like bring them back to reality and say, hey, I'm on your side. Mm-hmm. This fear is okay. I'm not saying don't be afraid. Right. But you can find rest and peace in me mm-hmm. because I can deal with a moth. <laughs> and so it's like, I feel like that happens so much in our lives where like, you know, I, I go from like, you know, we're the greatest business owners ever to like, this is horrible. What are I going to do? And, and I feel like God is snapping at me saying, Hey, do you think I'm going to harm you or help you? Do you think yeah. I want to harm you or help you? And to me, like, that's just one of the just amazing thing about kids is they, they allow you to just get a tiny, teeny tiny glimpse mm-hmm. of what your heavenly father, how much more he cares about you yeah. than I care about them. Yeah. And so, I think I think it's good to like understand impaired fear or unhealthy fear so that we can sort oh, it's of have good to recognize those any... like snap moments. Yes. I mean, just a week ago I had this like total panic freak out moment with Brooke over something so dumb and so silly that I was like literally embarrassed that it happened and mm-hmm. I was like, man, and we even talked about it. I was like that used to happen a lot. Like yes. and and I used to instantly yeah. be triggered into this like unhealthy sort of frantic controlly fear. And mm-hmm. it happened within like a two-second conversation. <laughs> Thankfully, we got over we got over and through it pretty quickly, so that when I came to hug you and say it was okay, I was actually laughing at yes. you, and it was fine. Um, yes, and, but and, I think. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. And so I just like I I just think that like you know, are you using your fear to propel you to wisdom, mm-hmm. or are, is your are you stuck in the car with a moth? <laughs> like which fear is it? Yeah. And I think that like that's because like I think moth fear can turn <laughs> into fear that leads to wisdom. Like mm. I think we can have these sort of visceral reactions about things that are that like that we kind of like have impaired fear over. But then we ask ourselves, OK, why am I so afraid over here? Yeah. Why does this continually happen to me? And what can I do? How can I arm myself with wisdom to mm. counteract that? Yeah. And so like sometimes it's like literally like wisdom in terms of like knowledge that you can have. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's in like r- recognizing the behavior the wisdom to let go the, the wisdom. Yeah. To, recognizing to take action the elsewhere. trigger or the behavior yeah. that causes that sort of moth in the car type mm-hmm. of vibe. <laughs> so specific, but and, I, we've all been there and, and, and see it before it happens. And like, so when I got all weird and twitchy around Brooke, the last <laughs> the two weeks ago or whenever it was, <laughs> it was like, that was another lesson to be like, okay, I need to acknowledge that this happens to me still. Mm. And so what can I do to, to let this fear lead to wisdom and and not just let it kind of swirl and circle and yeah. sort of this like frantic. Yeah. Bleh. 
Yeah. Yeah. So like fear is, is connected obviously to anxiety. It's a, I would say it's like a un, unhealthy impaired version of good fear. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was kind of like, I, I would say I was a pretty anxious kid. I don't think I could have verbalized that at the time. And even as I was, even into like high school and college, I definitely felt it. But because I was like highly functioning, mostly successful. Pretty normal. It was pretty normal, if you will. Like it was. Apparently less weird than TJ. Yeah, for sure. I, um, I, I don't think I ever fully named it as that. Right. Like I, I, it's where the term swirly came from. Like I feel very swirly, like physically in my body, I feel anxiousness Mm -hmm. and it would present itself as this like swirling feeling kind of in my chest kind of in my stomach and now looking back i'm like oh it was just gas you were gluten intolerant (laughs) um no 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 (laughs) well that was some of it maybe but like um now looking back or when i think about it on my kids i'm like oh i totally see it yeah they're very anxious and they're anxious because they're actually fearful like Mm -hmm. the chair behind anxiety is fear yeah i don't think that's a big jump to take i think most people know that and anxiety is a very like impaired unhealthy version of fear yes and so um i'm I'm gonna bop around a little bit here which is why and this is a strong feeling that I have, I have so much issue with people like claiming anxiety over their lives. Like, yes. oh, I'm just an anxious person. Like, yes, th- th- you know, like our words have power, mm-hmm. like what we say matters. And yeah. so like, there's oftentimes where I'm just like, you are claiming that, which is perpetuating it in your life. Yeah. Instead I of- I think you could say, I, I'm I'm naturally a very fearful I'm, person. I'm prone to anxi- anxiety. Yes, but the Lord, like, you know, but God is like, there's just ways I think we can like not speak that over our lives in the same yes. way that someone's like, well, I'm always late. And you're just like, well, you don't need to be, you could leave <laughs> earlier. Right. So that's an option, you yeah. know? So, yeah. So in an effort to mask our neediness, we grasp for control over things. We don't have the ability to control. LOL. I, did the same thing. I know. Right, right, right. So instead of, fe- <laughs> instead of using fear to acknowledge the danger, evaluate the situation and ask for help, we scramble in an attempt. Scramble. That's a good word. Scramble. I yes. Scrambled we scramble ago. in an attempt, in an, in an attempt to control circumstances. The result is life lived in impaired fear, anxiety jumping ahead, the solution of control over anxiety will inevitably increase anxiety because we cannot ever acquire enough control. Highlight, 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 (laughs) highlight. Like, okay, yes. So I get you. Did you highlight this too or no? Yes. That's the next (laughs) thing I'm going to read. So you do you do though. You get stuck in an anxiety loop. I feel like an anxiety loop is way more common or whatever than just like a fear loop. Yeah. If I like, I mean, an anxiety loop or an uh, anxiety scramble, if you will. Yeah, swirl. Is where Googling Bridges came from. I mean, that's what it was. It was just like. I'm trying to control something. Control something. Which is where we're going to live. So I'm going to look it up. Yeah, that I have no control. Like I'm I'm taking maybe like a a down collection or a mistake here. I spent too much here or whatever. And I'm trying to control it so much that the only inevitable outcome is that we live under a bridge. (laughs) And like, that's, if I, if someone told me that, I'd be like, you're fine. It's just a moth in the car. Right. Let's, let's roll the windows down and figure it out. See if we can get the moth out first and then we'll, we'll decide where (laughs) we're going to go, you know? And, uh, so yeah, it's just like, but it's funny. We literally highlighted all the same stuff. The solution of control over anxiety will inevitably increase anxiety because we cannot ever acquire enough control. 
And that's it. Like we are looking for a solution. That's what we're trying to do yes. in our control, but we're, we're picking the wrong solution. So then I have anxiety misinforms us. Yes. It says for us to control when we need to let go. Whoosh. Whoosh. And, you know, obviously easier said than done. And that's where, again, fear leads us into community, into intimacy with others. Yeah. Because in my anxiousness, I, I, I you know, now I've learned after 13 years on our way to 70 that, like, mm-hmm. in my anxiousness, I need to talk to Brooke, not as a solution, not right. as, like, the solver of my problems or my God, but as someone who is going to understand my anxiety and my fear and be mm-hmm. able to, like, come up with rash. Maybe speak some wisdom yeah. or discernment instead of, yeah. And it's like, and, and I know that one, like, I know that, like, I know when Brooke is swirly, because that's a phrase that we use. <laughs> and so I know now after being married so long that like, hey, here are some things that make you swirly. Did any of these things happen? Yes. And you helped me back up to and go, usually oh, it's there like, it was. Like, oh, I didn't sleep very well last night. That's yeah. usually 90% of the time. That's what it is. Like, you know, and yeah. you feel things physically and whenever you feel something physically like tiredness, that manifests itself as anxiety. Yes. And it's like, well, that's not real. Like you're not really afraid of anything right now. Right. Yes. It's this false impaired fear. Yeah. That's, that's totally just because you're tired. Yeah. Yeah. So he talks a little bit about the fight or flight stuff, which I'll mention yeah. again because of the moth. Um, <laughs> but he's talking about like when fear manifests itself as that physical fight or flight, but we're not actually in an actual physical danger. Like yeah. we need that. That's why God made that. We need fight or flight yeah. in in physical dangerous situations. Like it's real. But then what I have highlighted is the problem is that using fight or flight to address emotional and spiritual fears denies our hearts. Oof. That like yeah. it's we're using the wrong su- system or solution when we're like in this fight or flight thing when what's actually going on is emotional or spiritual. Yeah. And so so many of us do that. And that's why it's like, and and that's why the 15 minutes at the end of the day early on was so challenging for me because I was so accustomed and had trained the grooves in my brain Mm -hmm. to avoid deep emotional connection. Yeah. Even with someone who that's what I said I wanted with you for our whole lives. Yeah. But that it was like physically uncomfortable for me. And that's why it like, because I'm used like fight or flight, I used it as in all things, not just in literal, like physical, like it was like, we would get in an argument and I would go on a run Yeah, because I just couldn't talk about it. Literally just couldn't. I literally just couldn't. And so it's why it takes time. And and we've had messages and people have made comments of just like, it's so uncomfortable. Oh, it's the worst. And (laughs) and it is at the beginning. It is. But then what it does is as you you know, cut through with the machete, you end up on the path of full heart living. Mm -hmm. And there is such an abundance there for you and your marriage and your intimacy with each other that like, it's worth it. Yeah. It's worth cutting it through, cutting through that thicket because on the other end is something that's just, that's you almost thought was unattainable. Like Mm -hmm. I never had a picture in my life that was like, this is going to be like this is what it should be like. Like yeah. I, you know, I didn't, yeah. I didn't know that, and and because I was so used to just like kind of squashing the emotions. Um, yeah. And so yeah, it's just been it's just so worth it to like do this work and understand and have this language so that you can experience that. Yeah. 
the, the final thing in fear that I highlighted. I think we'll just talk about fear today. That's We're fine. Yeah, 48 it's a lot. minutes in. Um, one, well, okay. So let me back up. One thing I thought was fascinating. <laughs> okay, here we yeah, go. Here we go. Um, no, it's just that like there's the whole section on rage. Oh, yeah. Within the fear chapter. Mm -hmm. And it's not brought up at all no. in the anger chapter. And he talks about that. How like rage is actually wow. a form of impaired fear, not anger. Can I read this? Sure, go ahead. In truth, rage and anger are miles apart. Mm -hmm. Rage rejects the fear of having desire. Anger is the acknowledgement of the depth of our desire. Yes. Rage denies our humanity with a willful fury against vulnerability. Anger acknowledges our humanity with all of its hungers. And that's what yes. we talked about last week, that yeah. like anger, like what makes you angry? Like that's probably something that you're very passionate about. What are your strongest yes. of strong feelings? <laughs> and that's, and, and, and again, I talked about it last week is like, yeah. For me, it's like people not living joy-filled lives. Mm -hmm. And so that is that what- That makes you like this rightful angry, this is not just, a rage monster. No, it may, yeah, it's not dude perfect <laughs> rage monster. It's like angry that like this isn't more at the forefront of people's lives. Mm -hmm. It's angry that like more people don't- don't, don't have the tools or the, yeah. or the things to, to achieve that. Right. And like, you know, like again, physical fitness, I think is such a, is always such a great example. Like true passionate trainers. Yes. Like they have a anger that people aren't as healthy as they could be. They have an right. anger that people aren't able to like play with their kids or pick their kids up or right. chase them without like getting out of breath or sitting down. They have an anger that people don't sleep through the night because they have sleep apnea or whatever. And right. so that is what drives their passion to be like, right. I want to help you get physically fit. And yeah. so it's like, like they're, they're not ragey. There's not ragey because like, honestly, some of the nicest people at the gym are yeah. the people that are in the best shape. Yeah. Like they are just like, and they're like so amped up when a newbie walks in yeah. that they want to like use that what started as anger that has developed into a passion to help people yeah. uh, in such a mighty way. And so it's, it, yeah, it is the opposite of rage mm -hmm. because, you know, obviously you'll find some ragey people in the gym, but, but very, like, I think that's almost a bad stereotype. It is. It's not, we're using the word wrong. Yeah. Like true rage. Like he's talking about yeah. here, like violent, yeah. real traumatic rage is actually coming from fear. And I just like, I didn't, I didn't highlight much about it. It was just like a, wow, I sort of forgot that because I've read it before, like yeah. that this is in the fear chapter. And so like, yeah, I just even all, trickled all the way down to like a, a, a tiny little kid's version of I'll use the word rage. Yeah, I'm like, I think sometimes I'm equating it with a child being angry when I think they're actually really fearful. Right. Like he says, rage is a state of refusal. Anger is a state of openness and vulnerability. And so like when your kids are like, mad like just there there's an element of like yeah. incredible vulnerability when they're in that angry when yeah. they're angry and not ragey like they're ragey because they don't want to brush their teeth <laughs> you know they're angry because someone hurt their sister <laughs> hurt their feelings yeah and in that anger there's super vulnerability like all, I'm, I'm sure sam won't mind me sharing the story so we're leaving um Sam uh, saying goodbye and I was with Sam and her kids and like Sam's your sister yeah Micah one of her little ones was so sad oh bless her yeah and it was in that sadness that she to was be leaving to everybody. be leaving Papa and Yaya specifically because they yes. were there and, and we weren't going to see them they were leaving with someone else to go to the airport in the morning yeah and so there was just like this extreme vulnerability in sadness she was yes. sad yeah that they were leaving and she yeah. wasn't going to be able to be with them and she tried to talk me into staying another day and oh. it was like she wasn't <laughs> so like sweet. and it was it was this really cute 
intimate, sweet opening of her heart to be like, I'm sad because of this. And the same thing I think happens with anger with kids. It's like, I'm angry because of this and I'm allowing you to see it. Yes. I don't have any doors or windows on this little heart of mine and I'm allowing you to see what makes me angry. Yeah. And we can so easily tell our kids, we can so easily give them the idea that that is not right by saying, don't be mad. To say slap a window on it. Yeah. Hey, it, I don't want to put it, put it, put it away. I don't want to see it. And so it's why <laughs> having the language and having the understanding becomes such a valuable tool in raising your kids. And there will be a hundred percent. We talk about this all the time. There'll be, you know, three out of seven times we'll get it wrong. You know, <laughs> we'll say slap, but if we can get it right four out of seven, yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. You know, and so having those tools and understanding that that anger is actually your kid being extremely vulnerable yeah, or your husband or your wife, like, yeah. And, and, and what a powerful tool that is to like understand them and become more intimate with them and mm-hmm. accept that vulnerability where rage is like, and I think we equate the two so often that we sort of miss out on what anger really has yeah, to what, offer. What anger really has to offer and what, and that rage is like a, a impaired fear that, yeah. you know, is, is speaking. Well, to I would, I would yeah. deal with it if you will, to say that phrase very differently, knowing yeah. that this person is raging out of fear, not out of like bottled up anger, like it, that it's different. And I just, I would approach it very differently. And this is where I love the book. He said, a return to fear and full life. Mm. Um, to move from anxiety and rage back to healthy fear, we need to accept that we will experience hurt. Mm. This hurt though does not have to stop us from living out of our heart's desires in an open fashion. Even with hurt, and the fear of hurt, we can, through courage and healing, continue to trust and believe that relationship is possible. Mm. And again, like, you know, it takes guts, bravery, and courage to have intimacy with someone and have yes. a real full relationship with them. And there's so much Admit in life. neediness, ask for help. And there's so <laughs> much in life that we learn how to like, you know, again, build those walls, put up those windows, board up those windows, board up those doors. Yeah. And fear can be a real easy one to do that with, where it's yeah. like, because it, I mean, it's, it's the longest chapter. Mm-hmm. Do not fear is in the Bible. I think they say like 300 plus times. Yeah. You know, it's obviously something that within our, within our hearts is very real. Yeah. And so to develop the understanding of it, to be able to spot it, to be able to allow it to lead to wisdom would be such an impact on not just like your moment of fear, but your lifetime. Like mm-hmm. it would... You know, and so that's why I feel like this is, you know, again, we're going to talk about two. We only talked about one. It's the first time this has happened. Yeah. Because I think it's such a huge one that weighs so heavy on us. Oh, yes. Um, And that we have such a jaded view of. Yeah. And aren't looking at the healthy side of what it leads to. Mm, yeah. Yeah. So the final thing I have is that um, as we discover our neediness, we find a God who is always in charge in love, and on duty. Mm. And I highlighted that last part multiple times. Mm. Because I think when you feel anxious and you feel like you need to be on edge and be thinking about, you need to run down all those pathways of what if, what if, what if, what if, what if everything goes wrong? What if everything fails? What if, yada, yada, yada. Um, When I think about a God who is always in charge, in love, and on duty, like it's, it's that one that got me mm-hmm. that like, I, I guess I'm, I must not, it, it, I think it brings me to tears in an acknowledgement. My tears are an acknowledgement that 
I must not always believe that. Mm. Yeah, like the picture that pops into my head is like, you know, when I think of someone being on duty, I think of a lifeguard. Mm-hmm. It's the first thing that not, you know, like I know policemen are on duty, firemen are on duty, Lots but, of people but, are I, on duty, but yes. the first thing that popped in my head was a lifeguard. Yeah. And so there's this probably this element of me, you know, in all the chairs behind little kid TJ that or little girl Brooke that is out in the deep end of the pool and you think and the fear is going to swallow you up. Yeah. And you think you're alone. And so you're looking and looking and looking and you don't see anyone at, around the edges. And I think what God is saying to us is, hey, I'm here. I'm on duty. Yeah. I see you swimming. I see you struggling. Yeah. I, I know when to intervene. I know when to help. I, you know. Yes. Um, yeah. And I think that's why it like, you know, and so I think, you know, we need to remember that because I think by default, we think I'm out in this pool alone and I've forgotten how to swim. Yes. Like, My we, legs are so tired from yeah. treading water and I'm going down. Yeah. <laughs> Or as we said in the live event, I'm nipple deep in a hammer hole. Hey, I can't climb out. Been there. And God is on duty saying, hey, I'll help you dig out. Yeah. I'll yeah. help you help yourself dig out. Or, you know, yes. there, it can come in a lot of different ways. Yes. Or, hey, or I'll, I'll, people will put, come help you. Put, yes. I'll put people in your lives yeah. that you can call and ask for help to dig you out. Right. And I think a lot of times what impaired fear does is say, we don't have anybody. We're all alone. We don't have any tools. Yes. We don't have any resources. Yes. We should just stay where we are and just until we either drown or get buried alive. Yeah. Both of which are real fears. <laughs> <laughs> Someone the other day was <laughs> having a, a very real spiritual conversation about fear. Funny enough. And it was, she was like, she's like leading us through this, like not meditative prayer, but like, through, like leading us through this, like multiple stepped prayer. And it started out with like, close your eyes. And I want you to think about what you're most afraid of. And because of recent conversations between you and I, instantly I was like, oh gosh, sharks. And then I was like, no, oh, that's not what we're talking about. So it was raining in, Brooke. <laughs> that's the wrong kind of fear. Um. <laughs> Sorry, excuse me. It's okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, so thank you for listening. You know, I, I, my, I guess my last bit of encouragement would be like, God is on duty. Mm-hmm. You know, like let that be something that plays in your head over and over again this week, especially in moments of fear. Yeah. Um, And then when you do have moments of fear, remember that that fear has been placed in your heart so that you realize that you're not enough, Mm -hmm. that you realize you need help. Yeah. You need help from Jesus. You need help from friends. You need help from family. You need help from spouses. Um, And so like, let that fear propel you to the wisdom of Mm. calling out for help and asking for help. Yeah. yeah. And I'll circle back, I'll, like, or not circle back, but I'll add on, because I'm reminded of this conversation about fear that was not about sharks, but about <laughs> other fears, is that like um, the, the, the prayer, sometimes asking for help is, is, is in prayer. Yeah. Like it is. And so I really enjoyed the little thing we were walked through, which was we were supposed to think about one, one of, <laughs> just pick one, <laughs> one of our big fears and like really sit with it. And then we were supposed to picture that fear as an item mm-hmm. and whatever, whatever comes to you first, even if it doesn't make any sense, like picture it as an item and think about it and then picture yourself somewhere safe, sitting with God, sitting with Jesus, and you're going to hand him that physical item. Mm. And then what does he do with it? Mm. Like, you know, whatever, again, whatever comes to your mind first, it's powerful. It is very powerful. What does he do with it? And then what does he give you in exchange? And so 
Yeah, I know. So when I got past the sharks and I got into some of my real fears, (laughs) um, I was just like, man, I need to walk through that more. And oh, and then um, back when like you're still thinking about your fear and what and picturing it as an item, like you you ask the Lord, like what what do you want me to know about this? Yeah, what is what wisdom is this leading to? What what do you want me to know? And then you give it to Him, and He and what does He trade it for? And, and what does that look like? What is it a physical item? Is it a, but it was cool because a bunch of us walked through it and a couple of us shared like what our item was and what it looked like and where we were sitting when we pictured ourselves sitting somewhere with Jesus. And like, it was just a really cool exercise to take your prayer and make it very like, what does it look like kind mm-hmm. of a thing? Um, Cause I think the Lord has a lot to teach us in, in things like that, not yeah. just in like, and here's my prayer and I'm done. Yeah. And I'll talk to you later. Yeah. Like kind of a thing. TTYL. TTYL. L. Talk to you later, Lord. <laughs> TTYL. L. <laughs> oh, got me. Yeah. That's really good, babe. I, I, I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, and I appreciate you guys listening to the podcast. Mm. Uh, tell every single person that you know about it. <laughs> uh, I, this week's homework. <laughs> this week's homework. Tell everyone you know. Text. Add everybody in your contacts to one group text. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to love it. And then text them it's links. Commu- hashtag community. Text them links to every episode of the podcast. Yes. 155 links coming <laughs> at you. Start with, with that. Yeah. Say, hey, everybody. Th- hey, everybody. It's so-and-so. <laughs> Sorry for the long group text. Yes. But I got 155 links coming <laughs> at you. Real fear would set into people's hearts. If, if I got that text, I'd be very fearful. <laughs> How many people leave immediately? Uh... Almost all. Almost all. Except the missionaries. They'll stay. (laughs) God bless them. God bless them. They'll stay. They'll stay. Yeah. (laughs) Amazing. All right. Well, thank you for listening. Thank you for making us a part of your week. Okay. Okay, I love love you. you. Bye. Bye.